1: Welcome to the University of Pleasure.
0: Where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation.
1: I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist.
0: And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. I'm in my uh, makeshift studio here up in upstate New York at our uh, cottage. The doc is in her studio, and she's been suffering from a monster migraine. So today's episode is all about Jeremiah James. You're welcome, uh, world.
1: I can I can hang. Even with the migraine, Jeremiah. We don't need to make it about
0: you. Are you sure? <laughs> because I've I plenty good. to talk about, I think. Welcome back, folks, to the University of Pleasure. We hope you enjoyed last week's episode about pornography. Uh, one of my favorite words in the English language. And This week's episode is going to be totally different, but before we get there, we want to thank all of those people out there that are helping to keep us safe. Thank you, all of those frontline workers, and please, everybody, take care of each other. Things are really difficult right now, and just showing a little bit of kindness and respect to one another will help us all make it through. Would you agree, Doc?
1: I absolutely agree. I'm much appreciative for all the people out there taking care of us and you know, putting themselves at risk, so... Much appreciated.
0: Absolutely. So this topic today, the fair state stalemate, how the quest for fairness can torpedo a relationship. Ooh, ooh, ooh. First of all, I believe in total fairness. You know, when people say those things like life isn't fair, I disagree. I think life can be very fair. And this is where I think you and I are going to see a lot of differences here, Doc. Between my opinions on fairness and your opinions on fairness. You haven't I,
1: even heard them yet. You just read the title. You have did, yeah, no I, idea where any of this is going to go.
0: I don't know. I get a really good sense of you, though. All right. Nowadays, <laughs> like we've been working together for so long, you know, and we've been friends. You know, we've been you know, we we have been friends for a year. Can That's you amazing that
1: we've made it that long. That's amazing. <gasps> yeah.
0: I'm amazed, too. I am
1: amazed at my capacity for forgiveness and understanding.
0: <laughs> Do you see what I bring to this? I bring you so much. You...
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am very appreciative of this year, Jeremiah.
0: <laughs> Happy friend anniversary, doc.
1: <laughs> Happy friend to you.
0: She loves me. You can tell. You can just tell. Anyway, I don't want to keep going on and on about how much the doc <laughs> loves not. me and is so grateful for my friendship and enlightening her life to such uh, a degree.
1: Yep. Every day's a gift. All right. Moving <laughs> along.
0: <laughs> all right, doc. Let's talk a little bit about this. The fair state stalemate. Life isn't fair. We all know life isn't fair. Of course, I was kidding earlier. Life isn't fair. All right, and even relationships—you know—you're going to run into moments in life where it's not fair. Am I right?
1: Yes, you are very right. I'm sure anyone out there in a relationship is like, yeah, shit can get real unfair sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think the, the this uh, this topic's not so much about like can it or can it not be unfair, or, like does that or does that happen. It's more about like when people get really attached, which. Sometimes they can, to the idea of fairness. Um, How can that negatively impact their capacity to get through certain types of conflict?
0: That's Uh, what it's about. Okay, okay. So, basically, like, what we're saying here is, if you're expecting things to be fair, you may run into a wall, and it could cause a lot of damage to the relationship. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
1: you all can't just see his, like, blank expectant stare right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. And more to it. So we can we can just get into it, Jeremiah. Uh, let's
0: deep dive, because that was the look that I normally would give and go, hey, and take it away, Doc. Give me information. Oh,
1: oh was it? It just looked, yeah, well, you more just look confused. Okay, well, how about I just set the stage from my end? Right? Thank you, Doc.
0: Thank you. If they, yeah. if people were coming on just to get advice from Jeremiah James, you know, that'd be one thing. But clearly, yeah, they all, want to hear from all,
1: you. All seven listeners then would be really pleased. <laughs> <if that were laughs> specifically, coming on for you. Um,
0: seven. You gave me seven. I didn't think <laughs> you. Would, I wouldn't kidding, get Jeremiah. that high. <laughs> Continue, please.
1: Yeah, I'm a little under the weather today, Jeremiah. So I'm feeling particularly giving. Um, wow. wow. Uh, no. So. I want to set a stage, right? So just really this idea of fairness. Like yes, understandably, people like things to feel fair, right? And we really like things to feel fair generally, but also within the relationships with like in the relationships that we have in our lives. And when things don't feel fair, it has a tendency to impact our behaviors. Right. So things like our motivation and willingness to continue to make efforts like the best example of this would be, you know, everybody probably is at one point or another, Maybe not everybody, but most people had a friendship in which they were the one that they felt like was, you know, always the one that like initiated plans and came up with stuff to do and was trying to connect. And then over time, you know, if the other person didn't reciprocate by also initiating things, then over time they just became less and less motivated to keep doing that. And then, you know, the friendship sort of fell apart. You know what I'm talking about, Jeremiah?
0: Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Totally makes sense. right? hmm
1: Yes. Yeah, so, you know, there, it impacts our behavior, this sense of fairness over time. But the kind of desire for fairness often can become really amplified in romantic relationships, right, and sexual relationships.
0: Especially because, the sexual part. Especially.
1: Yes, especially the sexual part. And I think a big piece of that is also just culturally... You know, we all talk about like life's unfair. Right. But we also give a simultaneous message that relationships should be fair. There should be something called parody. Right. So parody is like uh, like it matches. Right. Like even Stevens, you know, on this (laughs) side, I get something that side, you get something, Um, which is, you know, understandable. And when you can achieve that, go for it. Right. But part of the struggle is that when you got two people trying to live an integrated life, you know, sometimes there are going to be these moments or episodes or dynamics in which it really is hard to make things fair. And I have a tendency to see people when that's gotten, you know, to a point that's not so great.
0: Not not so good. <laughs>
1: And it's like not a simple quest for fairness that can be sort of attended to. And so, you know, that's often why people might end up in my office. And frankly, usually it's around the sexual relationship, you know? So like a really good, like, example, right, would be someone like, so have we talked about desire discrepancy? I think we have on here before, right? Desire discrepancy is just when one person wants sex more than another.
0: Yeah? Yes. Yes, we did. Absolutely, I think. Yeah, it was, uh, Yeah. yeah, uh. I don't remember the exact episode, but I, I'm pretty sure I, I remember you using that terminology.
1: Yeah, you're like a you're like an encyclopedia. <laughs> Listen,
0: <laughs> you're welcome. That, that was amazing. You're welcome. Yeah,
1: like I think pretty sure. Yep, that was
0: great. That's uh, why we have an associate producer who's going to be able to go look those things up, and, and that's Mr. Kyle Bingley. He'll go and look that up for us, and then we'll make sure great. it's on the website. Okay, Thank okay. God. I can't Thanks, do it Kyle. all, Doc.
1: I can't do it all. But, you know, sometimes it's good if you do some. <laughs> 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 so just, all right.
0: Um, please continue.
1: Yeah. But uh, so desire discrepancy would be something that pops up a lot in my office that really is often about this dialogue for fairness, right? So like desire discrepancy when one person wants to be, like, wants sex more than another person, right? Just has had, they have different levels of desire. One person is lower than the other person, Right. Well, a really common sort of iteration of that that I might see is somebody coming in and one party being like, well, I would want to be sexual with you more often if you were more connected with me and engaged with me. And the other person saying, well, I'd be more engaged with you and connected with you if you had more sex with me, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so it's it's a stalemate, you know? Right. So people come in in this state of, well, I'm not going to be sexual if you're not more romantic or nicer with me. And the other person is saying, well, I'm not going to be nicer or more romantic with you unless you are sexual with me. And neither party wants to move, right? Like, because of this idea of fairness, both people feel like well, why should I have to do this? Because you're not doing that. And people then get very attached to this idea that like, well, it doesn't feel fair. Why would it be fair for me to initiate sex if my partner doesn't initiate taking me out on a date ever, right? Or so vice So we thinking versa. like
0: give a little to get a little kind of a thing here? I mean, is that really what we're getting at? Like, you know, yeah. Yeah, I
1: mean, I think we are getting at it, except I think it's a little bit more complicated because it's easy to tell people, well, you need to get a little to get a little. But what I'm saying is, you can tell people that over and over, and they're like, "But I don't wanna, cause it doesn't feel fair."
0: Oh, right? now <laughs> and, I kind now I'm starting to see where you're going here. Okay,
1: right. And it's it's less about the like, yeah, no shit. People like things to be fair, right? Yeah, right, <laughs> and, right, right. And no shit, it's hard. But it's really more about how can you start to bust through some of that to to get to the other side because this is truly a stalemate. You know, an impasse that I see a lot of people at just not around desire discrepancy, but around like, I will give you a when you give me B and the other person is saying, well, I'll give you B when you give me a and the reason that people get so attached and like rooted down in those positions is because it feels unfair. So really, this attachment that we have to fairness, right, and the sense that things should be fair in relationships is a huge part of why people don't move and they won't move because they're like, but it's not fair. If I like had a little like, you know, one of those like little clickers you do when like people go into a concert and yep. you're like, Click. Yep. right, if I had a little clicker for how many times I've been over the last decade of therapy heard, but it's not fair, I mean, I, I the clicker would have run out. Right. I don't know how high they've
0: broken the gears in the clicker,
1: right? So this is a this attachment to this idea of fairness is a really big deal to a lot of people. And it does cause a lot of problems when conflicts have kind of escalated to a certain degree where both people are like sort of standing in their metaphorical metaphorical corners with their arms crossed. Got it. I mean, I'm presuming at some point in your life, Jeremiah, you've maybe took a position and, Not that I'm saying you're stubborn in any way, shape, or form. I
0: don't know what you're talking about.
1: (laughs) But I would have to presume that at some point in time, you yourself have been like, well, that doesn't feel fair. So I'm not going to do it. Even though I I know that it might help the circumstance that I'm living
0: in. Well, here's the thing about that. I, being somebody who so often is evolving, you know, that... Uh, I can't personally think of any moments that that may have happened because I continue to grow. I'm like a giant tree, and I just continue to grow and nurture my emotional understanding of the world. And fairness is something, you know, I've come to terms with. Namaste. And that I uh, don't really have a problem with anymore. But maybe in my history, there may be something where something like that happened. I can't really tell you if there was because I've evolved so far past it.
1: Does that make sense? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> nothing <laughs> nothing that you said made sense.
0: <laughs> okay. Yes is the real answer. Clearly, there have been many times where I'm like, that's not fair. And I've run into it in relationships. I was with a woman many, many years ago when I was 21. And We ran into this kind of a scenario where, especially around sex, it was, you know, I felt things were very unfair. She wanted it when she wanted it and would be very upset when I wanted it. And we would, we kind of like hit this impasse where we just couldn't get around it. And then we just didn't do it at all. And it was very upsetting, but I was kind of, of, it's just not fair that you want it. When you want it But if I say I want it You're like no That's not when I want it And so then I'm like, well, That's not fair Now I don't think I ever Said those words to her But I definitely felt that way Especially when I was like Masturbating in the bathroom Privately Like all shamefully And it was very sad Anyway the point is I'm with you doc Why are you making this face? Is it the, the, I'm, I'm telling you That that was I'm
1: just listen. I'm not making a face I have a migraine <laughs> <laughs> Not all of my scowl, not all of my scowls right now are for you, Jeremiah.
0: <laughs> not all, not all, so not thank all. you.
1: That wasn't one of them, I was So, listening.
0: yes, I was in the situation where it was very unfair, it seemed very unbalanced, and when I would try to discuss it with her, she would basically just say, tough shit, you know, I don't want it. And you, you know, you're gonna get sex when I want to give it, and that's it. And it ended up, like I said, just us not having sex at all, and it was extremely upsetting. And we couldn't get past it. Now we never went to therapy. I was only 21, and you know, we were only like living together. It was one of my first relationships like that, and you know, so that really wasn't on my radar to go and you know sit down with someone like the doc here and kind of talk through that impasse. Now. You know, you start to realize that uh, fairness is something that you just kind of go well. I, you know, sometimes it just isn't, and I've come to find in relationships since then, if we just you know give a little to get a little, uh, that you find a balance. But I can only imagine the amount that you hear this kind of stuff, Doc. Like <laughs> just that it's just yeah, not well <laughs> fair. And by the yeah. way. I hope my story helped so many listeners thank out you. there. And thank uh, you, even though the doc was scowling at me, like this is the dumbest thing no, you ever no. said.
1: It's a, it's a different scowl.
0: <laughs> now I'm learning because this is a thing, Doc. I get to learn so much about you, and we go back to our friendship now spanning a year. That scowl I now know is a furrowed Bye. scowl of. My, head my really brain,
1: my, that is a, my brain is trying to push its way out of my eye socket.
0: Yes. <laughs> scowl. Because nothing look, to do with you. Look, folks, normally she gives a very different type of scowl, which is normally the one of like, I can't believe I made this guy my co-host and I have to listen to what he's saying right now. <laughs> so that's why I was confused by this scowl, because I know that scowl very clearly. Yeah. So
1: I, I understand the confusion. Yeah. <laughs> And then when I and when I'm feeling better, I'll get back to the
0: other one. <laughs> Sweet. Just, you know, I'm really just I I, I need consistency in my life.
1: <laughs> Great. Fantastic. I will work on it. Um, so please to, continue. Yeah. Well, I think part of what you're talking about are, are, are sort of what I hear in your story as well Is you know, I, I think that. Part of something that some kind sometimes can be helpful is to think about this idea of what is, quote unquote, fair, right? And what is fairness, right? And how do you measure fairness? Part of the struggle, and I may get a little out there, but I think I can explain it, right? But part of the struggle is often that when we think about the idea of what's fair, we're, all, we're often measuring it on one dimension, right? So we're getting overly specific, right? In a relationship, we're saying like, a really simple example would be like, but, I always do the dishes and you never do the dishes. That's not fair, right? But then the other person might come back but be like, but I take out the trash and I, you know, clean our bedroom and make the bed every day. And the other person says, I'm not talking about the bedroom and the trash. I'm talking about the dishes, right? Right. So. One person might get really specifically focused in, right, on something feeling fair. And the other person is like looking at this much broader measurement of like, okay, yeah, like you do the dishes, but I do all this other stuff. And that's a silly, that might seem like a silly example, but this often happens around. Doesn't seem
0: silly sex. to me at all. Doesn't seem silly right. at all.
1: Right. And it often happens around sex, right? Where someone might be like really focused on like, for instance, something like sexual initiation. This is a really common conflict, right? Around fairness. I'm always the one who has to initiate sex. It's always me. And the other person saying like, well, I understand you initiate that more. But look at all these other things that I do in the relationship for you. I, I initiate all of our hangout with friends and I initiate all of our, you know, uh, sort of... Uh, engagement with family that you don't want to do. And right. I'm always the one that talks to the server. <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> like, I mean, these are actual dialogues that have been in habit. Like right. I've, I've heard people have, right? Sure. And so when we're really upset about a sense of unfairness, often what can happen is that we're getting hyper-focused on unfairness in this very specific area. And we're not really taking like things into account holistically, right? So I often tell Clients, just even around couples therapy, right? So, when people come and do couples therapy with me, one of the first things I say to people is, like, so one of my caveats here is to know that, like, couples therapy doesn't always feel fair, right? Sometimes it might feel like I'm picking on you, other times it might feel like I'm picking on you. I was like, the hope would be is that at the end of this whole process, if you throw all the chips up, it'd be about even, right? But I don't know how to make Every single session completely fair and make everyone always feel the same balanced sense of something because that's just sort of an impossibility. So, what the you're saying is w-
0: that if somebody needs a couple therapy, it's to find the therapist that is especially going to be on your side specifically.
1: That is absolutely not what I'm saying. Um, oh, yeah. all
0: right. I don't understand. Okay. Continue.
1: I would recommend finding a couple therapist that will hold you both accountable and make you both engage in difficult thinking and dialogue.
0: What the doc said, what she said.
1: (laughs) But I think it's more about like that's an example of sort of like, you know, we get really uh, blinders on sometimes when we're upset about not getting something in an area that frankly and understandably so is really important to us. And but sometimes it can create blinders, right, where we're like, yeah, but I'm not getting what I want, but we're not panning out. Right. And looking at it as a whole picture. We're getting really specifically focused in one area. And that often happens as our emotions heightened, right? Like okay. we tend to get hyper-focused when our emotions heighten around something. Like, and it's really something that happens a lot in sexual relationships. Got it. And so a lot of the the stuff that often needs to start to shift is about how people start to think about the idea of fairness, right? Like, how are you measuring what's fair? Are you measuring it? Like, let's say it's sexual initiation. Is that how you're measuring fairness in your relationship? My relationship is unfair because my partner doesn't initiate as much as much sex as me. Right now you can be it is totally fair to be upset about that and to request more of that and to work on it. But is it accurate to say that your relationship as a total is unfair because of this one dynamic?
0: Hmm. I'm going to say No.
1: (laughs) Am I making sense?
0: Yes. But I'm just wanting to make sure that I didn't say the wrong thing. So that's why.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. I hope it's making sense in that when we measure things on like this very, like we get really hyper-focused and we say like, if this thing isn't happening, then this whole relationship isn't fair. She was so upset
0: there. Then The gesture she did, she literally bitch slapped the microphone. (laughs) (laughs)
1: But there but I, I hope it's making sense, right? That like we get so specifically focused on the one thing that we're not getting that we start we start to actually paint a picture now of the whole relationship.
0: Yep. And that's complete can be, unbalanced. Like everything's right. unbalanced.
1: Everything's unbalanced. And then that makes us bitter. Yeah. <laughs> and resentful. Big time. And angry. Mm-hmm. And part of what it does is then it also makes us go back into that corner cross our arms and be like, no, I'm not going to give you what you want because you're not giving me what I want. And it is the stalemate that I have seen. That's sort of the title when I, you know, around like how the quest for fairness can torpedo a relationship, right? I have seen people get so stuck in their position of like, I'm not doing anything until you do something that nothing moves. Right. And it can end up destroying something that in a lot of other areas is really, really good because people get so attached to this idea that, like, I can't do anything unless you do something. And I often have to talk to people and it does not make me popular. Right. One of the things I will often say to people is, well, do you want it to be fair or do you want it to change?
0: Oh, you know what I think? What? (laughs) That's a great segue point to take a break. So when we come back. The doc is going to explain a little bit more about what she just said, and because I have attention deficit disorder, I don't remember exactly what that was, word for word, but I know it was important, and we'll be right back. (laughs) And we're back, and what the doc said was, do you want it to be fair? Or do you want it to change? Which was a great place to stop. But then when I was fuddling with all the things, I couldn't remember exactly what it was. So I did freely admit to all of our listeners, go back, listen to what that was. So then I could get us back into the game. And help prompt the doc. Right, doc?
1: Yep. All that. <laughs> <laughs> all that unnecessary exposition is true. <laughs> Excellent. I can tell you've done theater. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really? can <laughs> kind of you, my dear. <laughs> So we want to make change. How do we make it change?
1: Right. Well, I mean, I think really it's this idea of and it's kind of the point that I keep bludgeoning you with. But I, I do think it's an important point to, to bludgeon with because it is really a spot where a lot of people get stuck is this idea that sometimes if you want things to change, you are absolutely ha- going to have to make some efforts that feel unfair. Because I think sometimes what is really hard in the moment to recognize is that if you change what you're doing, you change the system, right? A relationship is a system. It's like a machine, right? If you change what one part does, it typically changes the function of the other part.
0: Now, this is so good. This could be like a car analogy, which is one of my anybody who knows me knows I love car analogies. You know, I'm like, gotta right. take care of your body. It's like an automobile. got to change the oil. i got to do it right. Like I have, like you know, all these different things and it all leads back to cars. Can we turn this into one too? Can this be a, like a car analogy?
1: I I don't know that I really want to, but we can talk about it as a machine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fine, fine. fine. <laughs> I mean, I could. I I just am not good enough with cars to make that analogy like, you know, That's I fine. just will start saying random parts and be like, if you're the belt, and then there's a wheel and some oil. I'll be. I would have guided mandering. you, Doc.
0: You know I rebuild cars. I would have guided you. It's fine. But oh. you know what? You weren't interested. Move along.
1: Oh, all right. <laughs> 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 we are having a rough day. <laughs> 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 anyway, what I mean by this is like if you change the way that one part of the machine works, right? You change the way that the machine operates. Now, that being said. I can't guarantee you that if you change what you're doing, that it's going to change the other part of the machine in a way that you'll want it to, right? Correct. But I can tell you that it will change the system, right, and the way that the system works. So let's say you have, I don't know, I'll use just because it's one of the more common ones, that you have a partner that's saying... I would be more sexual with you or want to be more sexual with you if you put more energy into spending time with me and engaging with me in like a romantic connected way outside of sex. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's say your partner is saying that to you. Mm -hmm. You could say maybe if part of one of your positions has been, well, I would do that if you had more sex with me, you could keep saying that over and over and over and see how it plays out. Right. (laughs) Or (laughs) alternatively,
0: What you could do
1: is say, all right, well, what can I do to change that? All right. How about I initiate a date night with my partner? And I try to do that consistently, right? And I show up and I try to not talk about how angry I am on that date about how we're not having sex. Instead, I try to like engage in a fun, meaningful, uh, friendly, friendly, open kind of way. Way. Right. And I show up. I don't, I don't have a, Like, see, I'm here. I'm on a date. Are you happy? (laughs) (laughs) A little counterintuitive. Which I have seen people people do, by the way.
0: (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure. I did it. I went and did it. so. So you
1: show up in this like, all right, you're saying that this is something you need. Let me try that. Now, here's the deal. You can't just do that once. Why? Because change is a slow, painful beast, right? You probably have to do that several times. And, or it doesn't need to be necessarily a date, but showing up in the way that you hear your partner keep asking. And more than likely, more often than not, what people will see is that by choosing to do something that feels unfair to them, they will see their partner start to respond in the way that they're looking for. And maybe not always exactly in the way that they're looking for, but they'll see their partner's behavior start to change. And you know there are always certainly i want to be really fair uh as much as I can be fair, right that out there somebody might put those efforts in and put them in over and over and over, and it doesn't really change it might change the dynamic, but not in a good way, right or right. you know which if always- this was
0: a car analogy, just because you changed the spark plugs and put in different spark plugs is going to definitely change the way the engine works, and if they're not the correct spark plugs, it'll blow the engine. What do you think of that?
1: It was good. It was good. Good job.
0: Thanks, Doc.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. You know, just because you, it doesn't necessarily mean the car's going to run, right? That's right. right. You correct. Could, you could put in some some different parts and pieces, but it doesn't necessarily going to mean the car is going to run.
0: And that's okay, but too, on, though. That's okay, too, though. Isn't that okay? Like, yeah, if in the end, you know, you realize that, hey, ain't going to work. But you,
1: well, but that's the thing. A lot of times, people just need to feel like they tried, right? Correct. Like, like when relationships end, I, you know, I work in the business of, <laughs> of change, but a lot of times also in the business of regret. Mm-hmm. And so I get to talk a lot to people about things they regret. And often people don't regret as much what they did do. They regret what they didn't, right? Mm-hmm. Like they regret I, I don't even know how many conversations I've had about like, I wish I would have tried harder. I wish I wouldn't have been so stubborn. I wish I would have seen what would have happened if I just would have tried that date. Right. Or I would have just tried to initiate sex more, even if I was a little nervous or anxious to do it. Or, you know, I, I could come up with a thousand different examples in sex. Right. Or would have been more open to that sexual thing that made me a little nervous, but I was kind of interested in and I didn't do because I was nervous and it was more convenient for me to avoid. I mean, I have these conversations every day. And so it's not about like me saying, because I don't want to be overly Pollyanna-ish about it, where I'm like, oh, well, if you just do something that feels unfair, then your partner's magically going to respond exactly the way that you want them to, and then it'll all be fine. (laughs) Right, right. right. (laughs) Sometimes it really can make a big difference, right? I can think of thousand of an exam of examples of where I had a client or clients where finally I got one person to say like, all right, it doesn't feel fair, but I'm going to try anyway. And I'm going to do it consistently. And it really did change the dynamic in the way that they were looking for. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's probably because it was a pretty strong relationship in many other ways to begin with. Sure. Right. Sure. But then I also have other examples where people did that and it just didn't work. Right. Or it didn't work out the way they were looking for. But it's sort of like but they at least tried. Right. right. And they and That's I right. and I got to sit with them and they're like, you know, I really feel like I did all I could do. I feel like I did the stuff that this person was asking me to do. And I kind of gave it the good old college try. Yeah. yeah. And when, you know, you're trying to navigate difficulties in relationships, I think To me, when I talk about it as like a torpedo, right? To me, it's when two people basically say we're both refusing to try, but we want things to change. Me, both refusing
0: to try. I don't know how to help you then. Right. If you're both saying because you broke up a little there. Right. If you're both saying you know we're both refusing to try. Say that again, Doc, so we get you.
1: So if you're both, if you got two people saying, well, I won't try unless you try. And the other person saying, well, I won't try unless you try. So you're two people refusing to try. But both of you are sitting there expecting for change to happen. No dice. It's not. It, it, it will no not dice. happen. No movement. One of you. One of you needs to move. One of you. Now it would be great. Ideal world, you both move, right? And if you were in couples therapy with me, I'd grill you both (laughs) tell you both well you need to find ways to move but sometimes you know what and
0: honestly it reminds me of one of my favorite star trek episodes um and i mean star trek next generation not regular star trek though i'm a fan i'm more of a star trek next generation uh guy for sure but there's this really great scene where you know tom Locke crosses into the neutral zone and Mm -hmm. comes into federation space after Picard has specifically warned him not to do it. And then there's this big stalemate. Both of them are there. And then Picard gives this great speech because they're about to start this big war. And he says, you know what? Uh, uh, you know, we found that there are other people down on the planet. And he goes, hey, listen. You know, we're at the stalemate. I'm paraphrasing all of this, of course. But then he says, you know, I'm going to show a gesture and... And I'm going to drop my shields, which means in that moment, you will be able to fire and destroy me. And but I need to make a change to undo this stalemate so we can get to the next place in the storyline. Am I kind of on track, Doc?
1: Yes, you are. So somebody
0: needs to be the Picard.
1: Someone needs to be the Picard. There it is. What you're you're describing, hashtag somebody needs to be the Picard.
0: There it is. You're welcome, (laughs) world.
1: (laughs) I mean, I think what we're talking like, like another way to phrase that is like an olive branch, right? Like I'm going to be the one that moves and it's easier to do that, right? If you are not overly attached to this idea that everything must be fair. Now, if you're in a long term relationship and things just really never feel fair and that's a trend and you've tried real hard. Okay, you don't need to keep doing that. All right. I want to be very clear. There you go. I'm not saying stay in a terrible scenario where you're the only one that ever tries. Mm -hmm. No, I am not saying that. Underline bold. I am not saying that. What I'm saying is if you're beginning to have a problem, right? If this is like something that's been a bit ongoing, right? And you really know that, like, well, I haven't really done all my partners asking because I don't feel it's fair. Then I think that self-reflection, right? Around like, I think that it's taking this moment of self-reflection and asking like, could I try? Could I try to do what they're asking, even if it feels unfair to me, right? And could I try that for long enough to see if Maybe I can get this system to change, right? Maybe I can get this dynamic to change. Because if you're sitting and you're waiting for your partner to do it first, you might be waiting a really long time. And here's the real important part. And you might be miserable in that process of waiting. In fact, you might be much more miserable in that process of waiting than you are in coping with something feeling a little unfair. Okay. And And so sometimes for you for your own mental health for your own <laughs> for your own psychological well-being sometimes it feels better to try and to do something than to sit and do nothing and feel like your world isn't what you want it to be and to just sit and watch it that's actually a really miserable state to be in So sometimes you don't have this, like, beautiful outcome where all you snap your fingers and it looks exactly the way you want to think it, but you can still improve where you're at. Right. (laughs) By trying. And, you know, like I said, again, if you try out a whole lot and you just do not see reciprocal efforts from your partner over time, no matter really what it's about, that's a much bigger issue. And then that's probably, is this the right relationship for me? But
0: Which goes back to a previous episode and talking about, you know. That very fact, you know.
1: Yeah. And sometimes you just got to try your best, right? So, at the very least, you can look back. Sorry, I'm coughing. <laughs> so, you can look back and you can say, <laughs> such a mess today. <laughs> <laughs> so, you could look back and you can say, like, well, I gave it my best shot. I can look back on that and feel proud of my efforts. I can feel like I was like a mature person that really tried. Yep. And I didn't get super stubborn. And, you know, I I think that it's about that effort. And then, you know, just because I know we really have to end here in a second, I think just to summarize, the other piece would be this idea of also being self-reflective about how are you measuring fairness in your relationship, right? Are you getting super specifically focused on, well, my partner's not doing exactly what I want them to do sexually. Okay, well, pan out, right? Right. Are they doing some other things that feel pretty giving, pretty loving, (laughs) Pretty yep. warm. And it
0: could just be this one thing that you're trying to find balance on. Because that's really, yeah. I mean, what we're talking about, isn't it? I mean, aren't we just talking about balance and trying to yeah. find, you know, yeah. common and ground? Is, and
1: Balance is such an easy thing to tell people to do and such a harder thing to actually do <laughs> in your life in the moment. It's sort of one of those things. I totally things,
0: agree. I totally right? agree. It's sort
1: of one of those things where if I just sit and tell people, well, you just have to find balance. They want to kick me in the teeth. Right. Because, of course, I want balance. Thanks, lady. (laughs) Yeah,
0: thanks so much. Thanks. I'm so glad that we paid you.
1: Right. So it's more about how do you start to find balance? Well, we've talked a lot on this uh, podcast about like part of it is shifting like philosophical shifts, philosophically shifting how you see the world, how you see other people, how you see yourself. Right. And one of those things is about this idea of fairness. I'm not getting exactly what I want here. Okay, does that actually mean that your whole relationship is unfair or does it mean that something specifically feels unbalanced in this particular area? Because that feels a hell of a lot different emotionally than this whole thing is unfair, right? Right. Is one's one's going to make you much more bitter and feel much worse. And it also might be, frankly, a bit of a distortion of the scenario as a whole.
0: So, all right, let's kind of like button this up here because we're talking about this fairness and, you know, finding a common ground. And, you know, one of the things I want to just really say, you know, from personal experience, sometimes it's really, really is difficult. Like the doc, well, it's difficult in general. And the doc, everything doc's saying is true. But, you know, finding somebody like the doc can be so helpful in these types of scenarios. Because you get some outside perspective. And that people can come in and be like, hey, look, you're not really giving. And you're not really giving. Someone's got to give. Someone's got to be the Picard. (laughs) <laughs> you welcome, world. Would you agree with me, Doc?
1: I would. And I think, you know, it drives people nuts, and I totally get why. But it is so much easier because, I mean, my my job, right, or people like me is, you know, hopefully to be a neutral party, right? Mm-hmm. And it is so, it's still hard, but it is so much easier for me to say to somebody, you're going to have to try. Right, then right. Your partner who's real upset with you when they tell you, you need to try, right? Same message, but it's going to land a lot more effectively. And keep in mind, some people still get upset with me, right? Because they're like, but I'm mad. And I'm like, yes, you can be both.
0: You can be both. There you go.
1: You can both be mad. You can feel that it's unfair and you can still try. Why? Because it's in your own best interest if this Ooh. is the outcome you want.
0: Ooh, that was like a, a dose of reality, like a slap in the face of, oh, <laughs> damn, Doc. Yes, that's right. In your best interest. Go
1: right. look
0: for some help, folks, if you need it like that. Go find someone like the Doc who is super, super smart, even as debilitated as she is today in I'm this not- episode.
1: It's just a headache, man. She's still
0: <laughs> such a genius. It's
1: just a headache, man.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, it's a bad headache, but uh yeah, I, I wouldn't thank you. And
0: <laughs> listen, I'm the best press secretary you've ever had. I let people know. I'm like, look at this woman is struggling. She's struggling, and she's this I brilliant.
1: i I think maybe you and I would paint different um, sort of images of uh, if if I you are not painting the personal image that I would (laughs) myself is the best way to say that I do not know that I would hire you to be my PR rep so
0: that that hurts that one hurt a little bit
1: I prefer I prefer honesty
0: I was being honest you know I was just being I was being honest with flair You know what I mean? Giving a little bit more. Anyway, this is not the point of this. Please find somebody to help <laughs> if you need some help. And, you know, as we always say, folks, even with as difficult as the world is right now, it is important to find some pleasure. And as debilitated and as struggling as the doc is right now, she will find wow, some pleasure today. Small. So follow the doc's example. Right, doc?
1: I, I feel not. Yes, I want people to find pleasure and enjoyment, (laughs) and please seek help if you need it, and feel free to ignore a good chunk of all that stuff that Jeremiah just said.
0: (laughs) And as she said, I'm Jeremiah, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex.
1: And I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist.
0: We'll be back next week with a new episode, ladies and gentlemen, And folks out there listening, please stay safe, stay healthy, and even through difficulty, we hope you find some pleasure. Take care. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Felstein, And special thanks to our new associate producer, Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com.